One of my Sunday extra hobbies is checking out if one of our programs falls on or around a noteworthy anniversary. And when I was at it again this week, I was intrigued to discover what's admittedly a very niche anniversary. March 1965 marked the end of an extraordinary 27 years that Sir Thomas Playford had as Premier of South Australia. He led his party, then known as the Liberal and Country League, to eight election victories, becoming Premier in 1938 during the Great Depression, leading it continuously through the Second World War in the 1940s, the post-war reconstruction through the whole of the 1950s and into the 1960s. South Australia's History Hub says Sir Thomas Playford's premiership remains the longest in the history of the British Commonwealth. Exploring that minor historical footnote led me to an interesting contemporary discovery as well, which is the Office of South Australia's History Advocate. It's a new role that was created in February 2022. The History Advocate is the principal public spokesperson on South Australian history for the History Trust of South Australia. And I'm delighted to make Sunday Extra Radio History now by welcoming South Australia's History Advocate to the program for the very first time. Dr Kira Lindsay, welcome. G'day, Julian. Thanks so much. I feel like we needed a drum roll or something in there as well. That was that was fantastic. You are without doubt the best <laughs> South Australian history advocate we've ever had on the program as well. <laughs> now, look, before I put you on the spot by asking you about Sir Thomas Playford, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and this unique role of South Australia's history advocate. Look, I'm an Australian historian by bread and butter trade and um I have written books. I'm kind of really interested in 19th century colonial history with like one of my big bugbears or passions or preoccupations, if you like, is um, thinking about historical method in the 21st century context. So, for example, the fact that archives were so often made by men and for men, and so they exclude all the other voices and perspectives that we need to get a more holistic perspective of the past. So part of my work is to develop ethical methods where the ends justify the means. So you might end, you end up using some fictional techniques in order to extrapolate on archives in order to tell um, the story of a woman or a working class person or a First Nations person who would otherwise be excluded from the archives. So that's my own shtick. But I've also worked in South Australia. So I'm actually originally from Melbourne. The last six years I've been in Sydney. But I hope I you disclosed this on your job application. I did. I was really <laughs> upfront. But the great news is that I worked for seven years in South Australia at the University of South Australia where I taught Australian history and there was always a big focus on South Australian history because the majority of the people that I was teaching were kids that were going to become teachers of history themselves. And of course, you know, to make the past passionate and meaningful to those um, school kids, you've got to tell stories about the areas and the place that they live in. And I loved it, Julie, and it was one of my favourite things because South Australian history is completely different in its taste and tone and tenor than um, Victorian history and New South Wales history. Let's move on, though, to South Australia's history advocate as a role because it's a bit of a blank slate in a way. There was an old position of state historian, but by title, and I'm sure by your intention, South Australia's history advocate is quite a different thing. Yeah, absolutely. History is always, it's not so much about the past as it is always about meeting us in our moment. And that kind of comes to the heart of what the history advocate role is. But I am standing on the shoulders of three 
previous giants, that is three previous people who had the role of state historian in South Australia. And the first of those dates back to 1981, when the History Trust of South Australia, where I work, was formed. And that was formed by the state government, so it's funded by the state government. And the idea there was really to promote and celebrate South Australia's distinctive social history, right? So we've got this conversation about social history coming into the mix. And that was a really important time, that early 1980s, because Australia was really starting and Australian historians were really starting to be influenced by E.P. Thompson's idea of history from below. We shouldn't just be telling the story of great men and their footsteps down the legislative council corridors. We should be telling the stories of ordinary people who might be outside the archives, but whose lives are really meaningful. And we can find traces of them in people's homes, in people's country, in community museums, etc., etc. So the History Trust was formed and the very first state historian was a wonderful guy called John Traganza by everybody's account. I never met him, who had this incredible passion for South Australian stories. And he um, worked at Uni University of Adelaide, but left that role so he could become more of what we then started to call professional historians or public historians. And these were people who, they still did their research, right? But they were outward facing. It was all about how do we bring community stories together? And out of that kind of sensibility um, came the next historian, state historians, Dr. Susan Marsden, who's still with us and still passionately involved in history. And she had a strong focus also on heritage and oral history. So what you're hearing through this little story that I'm telling you is how it's kind of a story of how history itself and the way we think about it as Australians has changed mm. over these 30 or so years. South Australians are very, very passionate about their stories and there was a sort of need to have somebody who could talk to media and also triage other experts uh, to speak to media and do a whole lot of other advocacy work. So this is the kind of the point of difference, I guess, that although my predecessors did that work, to call me an advocate even more strongly emphasises that um, outreach point, the connection point, and the making the case, both for South Australian history, but also for history more generally. I mean, I think all of us are aware that history is often the most neglected, least considered element of public conversation. And yet, you know, interestingly enough, when it comes to biographies of academics and stuff like that in Australia, it is the biographies of historians that sell the most. Mm. And that tells us that historians actually play a really crucial role in the national psyche as secular storytellers. And so that's what I kind of be. I'm a bit of a secular storyteller, but I'm going to tell, put a bit of a spin on it because I think 21st century Australia, Australian history, it demands quite radically new ways of thinking about our methods. It's time for us to sort of really trouble our Western imperial notions of doing history, you know, that are archives centred around male-dominated archives, white archives, white institutions, 19th century institutions. You think about how First Nations ways of practising the past, multicultural, different migrant groups, the way that they focus on oral stories, songs, how all those forms of intangible histories, intangible culture can all play a part in changing the way we, not only what we talk about as history, but how we do our history. So that's where we're heading. <laughs> well, in that context, uh, Dr Kira Lindsay, I think it's uh, 
but borderline inappropriate of me to ask, and certainly not very E.P. Thompson of me <laughs> to ask you about Sir Thomas Playford then. Um, uh, look, the, my favourite fact about Sir Thomas Playford, I've got to say, is that he was the second Thomas Playford to be Premier. His grandfather also held the post, so there was uh, not much diversity even amongst the Playford Premiers. Well, I'm up for a play on Playford. <laughs> the, reason, the reason is that I do think that we can't... We also, like, what I love about doing history is that it always is, it's never just about the content, Julian, it's mm. about making meaning. And the only way that you can do that is by insisting on nuance and complexity and sophistication. So I'm not going to allow Playford to be a straw man to, you know, my my issues with man-made archives. I mean, he is still a complex person that tells a fascinating story of a certain period of political culture, yeah. not only in South Australia, but I think you were intimating that in your wonderful, you know, um, praxy on him um, of of that period of time in Australian history where we sort of, you know, the Australian population was much more comfortable with um, forms of leadership that had continuity and perhaps, um, uh, yeah, a bit of a strongman figure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes a Robert Menzies look like a bit of a dilettante at only a couple, 22-odd years or whatever it was. Um, 27 years is a hell of a long time to be Premier. I mean, I was even thinking that having a discussion with South Australia's, um, well, with, with somebody who has a funded position as the history advocate might not sit very well with Sir Thomas Playford, who apparently was notoriously indifferent to what he saw as non-productive areas of government responsibility, including the arts and education. Well, you know, um, this these sort of themes, these tropes, they do have a way of <laughs> reoccurring yes. over time. And, but in the South Australian context, we um, are having we've got a fantastic new South Australian uh, Labor government, uh, but they are perhaps um, less receptive to history and heritage matters at this point because they've got a lot of election promises around health and education that these are becoming a priority and there is a sort of um, a sentiment a, a, a sense of slight concern among those of us who live in that heritage history space that we don't pitch history against health because in fact you know we would argue I would argue with my advocate cap on. History is part of what makes a healthy society, knowing who we are, getting a sense of belonging, having our roots down to our past, help us create, you know, healthy futures. I want to just go back briefly to uh, the sort of work that you do yourself, because um, you mentioned that you're sort of expanding the techniques that are used within history. Indeed, uh, your official essay, History Advocate Bio, says that you're a leading scholar and practitioner of speculative biography, which I think you alluded to before, but could you tell us a little bit more about that? You know, one of the things that's really interesting about history in general is a lot of people recognise that it draws upon um, the disciplines of both art and science because it draws on these two, you know, empirical scientific traditions and artistic narrative traditions. It has the potential to constantly reinvent itself in a spirit of doubleness that is very regenerative. And, and that's something that I'm really interested in and drawing from the scientific tradition where speculation is inherent to scientific practice, right? You can't develop a hypothesis. You can't test it in experiment without something to speculate. But interestingly enough, I think historians can sometimes be so anxious about their authority that they, they don't signal their speculative um, 
experiments. And so my work has been really interested in um, drilling down into an anatomy of speculation. What do we do when we speculate? And and what are what are the fertile um, possibilities of that? Not only for us in the act of history making, you know, like when we are triangulating all the archives that we've collected together with all the contextual research that we've done, you have to engage in speculation. And when you're collecting sources, you kind of, you're looking at it all and suddenly you go, hang on, I'm missing something. I wonder, you know, that's speculation, right? And to make that generative um, and present, not suppressed in our practice, I think, then invites readers or history consumers to also participate in the same speculative processes when they're reading or watching a film. You know, they get to do that what-if moment, to stand at a threshold of something. See, sometimes when we write history, we write it back in hindsight as if the fact as if what happened was nailed down and you just step through it like non-agentive creatures. But in fact, every moment is a crossroad where something else could have happened. I mean, you know, if you look at Gough Whitlam, if you look at the um, at that critical moment and you stand before it happened and you think what could have happened if this went differently and that mm. went differently, the whole events associated with the dismissal could have happened differently. And so I'm really interested in what those speculative practices do for both creators of history and consumers of history. Um, both of whom are making history together, because I think in that moment we come back to what another historian calls the still fluid moment, where we're standing on the threshold, alive to all the possibilities, and we have to be super conscious of how we make our decisions. You know, so to me, history is about something that not only encourages empathy, but it also encourages greater consciousness in this moment. Kira Lindsay, it's really fascinating to hear you speak about the role and your work and also the fact that a part of it is about acknowledging the speculation that's already existing in history, which probably wouldn't describe itself as speculative. Uh, somehow I don't think that out of today's conversation we're going to be getting a new speculative biography of Sir Thomas Playford, but nevertheless it's been great speaking with you about uh, both his premiership and the broader role of the South Australian history advocate on Sunday Extra. Thanks so much. Thanks, Julian. Thanks so much. That's South Australia's history advocate, Dr Kira Lindsay. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.